Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pegnata, with you as always. And today we are joined by the man that is the most accurate predictor of college football year in and year out when it comes to his magazine. It is Brett Ciencia of Pick Six Previews back with us for the third straight season. And this year, uh, he is one of those guys that uh, has Carolina doing pretty well. We'll tell you how well coming up here. He joins us here on the Heels Up Blog Podcast. Brett, it's been a while, man. Uh, I know you talked with us a little bit last year after they sort of adjusted the schedule on the fly. Uh, talked about the Toriel team from a year ago. But, uh, you know, I, I think now... Now, uh, there's a much different view of this team uh, where, from where we sat a year ago to uh, where we sit today, right? Yeah, Anthony, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's one of my favorite annual stops on my you know, my preseason preview book tour, if you will. Uh, yeah, we spoke last year. Uh, now, my prediction originally was that UNC would win the Coastal last year. And uh, obviously, when they took out the divisions and went with a you know a, a fifteen team uh, you know divisionless system, it was hard to really grade that prediction. But um, you know, I think it's it's pretty clear they ended up quote unquote winning the coastal with that sixty two twenty six beatdown of Miami because uh, most other publications had Miami. I went UNC, and I, you know that was kind of the um, you know that kind of proved my point, if you will. So here we are, twenty twenty one. And I think the sky's the limit. I, I see another major step forward for this program. Um, you know, you look at every angle of it. You, see, you look at the recruiting, the way they're stacking classes. I love their coordinator. We'll talk about that more in depth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you have a Heisman caliber quarterback, experience all over the place. And the last bit is a very manageable schedule. So I think the sky's the limit, and we'll talk about that here. 
Well, let's talk about that schedule first of all. You know, I think people look at it and Carolina, uh, you know, I think to some people's surprise is favored in every single game this season, uh, according to uh, the Vegas odds right now. I think the one that most people are a little shocked about, and me, my, my uh, myself, uh, a little bit shocked about it as well, uh, is the game against Notre Dame because, I mean, you look back at the history of Carolina going there, they haven't had a ton of success, but Outside of that game, uh, and maybe even that game to you, it seems to stack up pretty well for the Tar Heels this season, right? Yeah, for sure. And uh, I don't want to bury the lead any further. I'll get it out there that UNC is my pick not only to win the Coastal, Mm -hmm. not only to win the ACC, but to make the college football playoff as a total dark horse. No one else in the country is saying this. Um, You know, I have the nine-year accuracy title to to back it up before anyone, you know, turns it off and runs the Twitter. You know, uh, hear me out on this. Uh, Schedule-wise, for sure, because, you know, uh, at its core, I think that the defense is young. It's uh, it's obviously blue chips everywhere. But you saw them progress even as last season unfolded. Uh, After the bye week, it was really strong defensively. You saw a team growing up before our eyes. Uh, I think that's going to happen again this year, the way the schedule forms, where, you know, the first, I think, five or six games are, you know, they're going to be heavily favored. Uh, that Miami game, October 16th, is probably for the Coastal Division. Mm-hmm. So before that, you've had six tune-up games. I think you'll be favored heavy in all six and win all six. So you're rolling 6-0 and into that Miami game. Now, those young guys, those you know, those blue chippers from the 2020 class or the 2021 class even, they're uh, six games uh, experienced. So they're, they're ro- rocked and rolling. Then you get a bye. And, yeah, the Notre Dame game is one that, that you know, fans nationally are pointing to as a lost potential for UNC. I don't see it this year for Notre Dame. Um, you know, the stars aligned last year for another undefeated season for them. Uh, it was very veteran, if you look back. And then four of their offensive linemen are gone. And those weren't just average guys. That, that's really what made them a strong program last year. Um, you know, multiple award winners and, and uh, first-rounders and NFL oh, second-rounders. Um, and then Ian Book, a multi-year starter, gone, a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And their front seven, that was another thing that made them special. But they lose an All-American there at linebacker and their defensive coordinator. So, a ton of transition. I look at them more as a rebuild and maybe another run in 2022. But as it sits for 21, I think that's a win for UNC. And that was kind of foundational to my pick because looking down the schedule, you dodge Clemson in, in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And the non-conference is, I think, manageable with the Notre Dame and technically Wake Forest non-conference this year. And I think you'll beat them too. So the way this is shaping up, the schedule caught my eye. But, but really, when you look position group by position group, I'm seeing improvements Um, We'll talk each side of the ball, but yeah, the schedule really stands out, and I like it. Well, let's talk about Phil Longo's side of the ball. And uh, what he did last year was extremely special, especially in a COVID season where you weren't able to do what you normally do. But that offense was about as lethal as any offense in the country. And you bring back Sam Howell, you bring back all five of your starting offensive linemen. The concern is at the skill positions. But uh, you are a guy, I think, that has more confidence than just about anybody nationally in, in the guys that. Carolina is going to have out there replacing some of that production from a year ago. Why are you so confident in the guys that are going to be, you know, playing significant roles at both running back and wide receiver? Yeah, well, Anthony, I think part of it is when you look at the other preseason magazines out there, and, and they do good work too. I'm not going to knock them, but mm-hmm. I think they might get, you know, overemphasizing on returning starters. You see the names in bold there if they're returning starters or not, mm-hmm. and they right away see that you lose obviously a ton of firepower. You lose De'Ami Brown and Daz Newsome at receivers and uh, Carter and Williams. 
obviously the running back tandem. Okay, so you lose those starters, but who's there coming back? And there's some hidden gems here that the national guys aren't picking up, but I love digging in and seeing this stuff. You know, so Bo Corrales, he starred back in 2019. I remember that Pittsburgh game. He, uh, he went up and over a guy in the end zone, and he, you know, he showed off his big frame. I think you add some red zone talent with him. I think he was injured for most of 2020, so he was kind of hidden from the, the returning starters numbers. Uh, he's back. Josh Downs really started the Orange Bowl. So with those two guys opting out, the, you know, the NFL was opting out, gave an opportunity and a platform for the younger guys. Josh Downs really started that Orange Bowl and the spring game. So I think you, you have a solid one-two punch, Corrales on the outsides and Downs on the slot. Um, yes, you lose Deami Brown's speed, but rumor is that his brother Chopper can go step for step with him in a, in a foot race. So he, you know, he brings elite speed and a vertical threat um, that's so essential to this uh, to this offense. Uh, Emory Simmons, another guy you've seen in spurts, he's reliable. He's had some game action. So I actually feel really strongly about the receiver core. Um, I think they'll be fine there. Now running back, a little bit of a depth problem right now. Uh, Ty Chandler's so huge coming in, and that was a transfer portal win. Um, I think he's going to be a star, really, as the feature back, at least early in the season, as these younger guys are developing, probably move more towards a two- or three-back committee towards the end of the year with, with extra game experience. But look for Chandler to really hold it down early. So, yeah, so if you want to look at it, you'd say, oh, you know, all four of their playmakers are gone. They're done. Well, you got to dig in a little deeper and see that you know, the recruiting profile is elevating, transfer portal, experienced starters from years prior, like Corrales, that weren't technically in last year. So... So, yeah, and then the last bit on this is schematically. So, I, in the last two preseasons, I've talked with uh, with Phil Longo, offensive coordinator. Um, yeah, he's an offensive genius, the way he schemed this up over the years and, and built his offense. They've thrived at San Houston State. I think they had a 5,000-yard passer. Um, Ole Miss, even through the transition and sanctions years, he was posting great offenses. And then it continued here. So, when, when they signed Sam Howell, uh, a, a gem prospect there, really started as a freshman, but really took the biggest leap last year from, from freshman to sophomore year. Um, and last preseason, I talked with, with Coach Longo and asked him, you know, how are you going to make that development in a remote Zoom, you know, 2020 preseason? And what they did is they, they broke down so much NFL film, looked at every possible, you know, defensive alignment or blitz package or, you know, coverage package that could be thrown at him. And you saw it last year. He took a major step forward, uh, improving in completion percentage, Yards per attempt, uh, finished as the top three quarterback in the QD rating. So, yeah, he's a Heisman candidate. There's no getting around it. So, um, you know, I'm rambling. I just love so much about this offense. So, I think you, you know, fortify the receiver stable. You have an SEC caliber starting running back, Heisman candidate quarterback, and all five offensive linemen back. And these are, you know, they were a top 10 run push last year. There's all conference guys. They average 6'5, 325. Um, so, yeah, there's the, there's the pitch for offense and why you can see it kind of caught my eye and had me excited again for 2021. Well, let's make the pitch for the defense, man, because this was a group that I think some people last year were a little bit shocked at times uh, that this defense wasn't better. You know, you had some moments that I think people were definitely concerned about the direction of the defense. But as you mentioned, down the stretch of the season, once some of those young guys were able to sort of get comfortable and establish themselves in the system and you saw a little bit more rotation, especially up front on that defensive line, you saw this unit start to put up some pretty good numbers. What makes you think that that's what's going to carry over into this season and allow this defense to be an ACC championship caliber defense? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think we're all pretty much set nationally and within the UNC base that the, the offense is there, right? You know, you have a top five offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make the leap from eight wins to 10, 11 playoff is going to have to be the defense making another step. Uh, here's why I think they have it. Um, you know, we saw it unfolding last year. You, you stack now three top 25 recruiting classes. The last two are top 15. Uh, so they're definitely trending in the right de- direction. You have blue chips everywhere now. Uh, and like I said, normally you get that preseason. You know, that 2020 spring ball, 2020 summer and fall camp, that would have been huge for these true freshmen uh, and, I guess, you know, redshirt freshmen getting all those reps, right, uh, building into game form. What happened was they had to do that on the spot, you know, on-the-job training, in-game, you know, in September, in October, in November. Uh, and what happened was the first half of the, of the year, the defense struggled. There's no getting around it. Um, I think they were about middle of the pack or even below average. If you look at my all my metrics and my opponent adjusted per play percentiles, um, you know, below average to start the year. Now, they get that bye week. All these young guys were playing uh, ahead of schedule as freshmen, as, as rising true sophomores, everything, young guys. Now, after that bye week, they played at a top 20 clip, those last, uh, you know, post-bye week. Um, so I think you're going to see all that momentum, all that uh, returning experience and production uh, into 2021 as, as more experienced vets. And, I, you know, when I posted my playoff pick, uh, of course, you know how Twitter is. I got a lot of, let's just say, feedback. Yeah, you got roasted, man. I'm not going to oh, lie. For sure. Hey, and this happens every year. When I picked against Alabama in 2019, I got all the same feedback, and I was the only one to pick against them. They didn't make the playoff. Mm. Uh, that's just one example. But anyway, back to this. Um, people were pointing out, hey, how could you pick UNC? They lost 25 transfers. Their whole team is gone. Well, if you dig a little bit deeper than the surface, you see that some, a lot of these guys leaving were, uh, you know, nothing against them, but they were veterans. They were fourth or fifth-year guys. But they had been surpassed on the depth chart by young blue chips that you guys have won in recruiting the last couple of years. These you know top fifteen, top twenty classes now have surged up the depth charts ahead of schedule. So um, when you really look at it, you didn't lose the whole team, as they say. Ten starters are back from the final lineups uh, towards the end of the year. That that regular season finale and that bowl game, ten defensive starters are back. Um, and again, the blue chippers everywhere. Um, specifically, position group wise, where it starts. I love the cornerback duo. Tony Grimes, a five-star, and Storm Duck. Uh, Storm Duck recovering from injury, but assuming he's back to 100%, that's one of the best corner duos in the country. Uh, so crucial to be able to lock down some of those uh, you know, primary receivers in the, in the league. Uh, takes the pressure off the front seven as well. So I love the cornerback duo. Uh, experience in the middle with Gimmel back and Fox turning down the pros. That was a nice win there in January to see him returning. Mm-hmm. So you have star power and experience there. And then just the depth of, along the defensive line. This is where you really make the, the, the move from an eight-win bowl team to a playoff caliber or playoff contender is having not just a, a front line but depth. You have a high-caliber blue-chip depth there, and it's starting to build and become experience. So... That's the, that's the pitch there. I mean, uh, another thing, I love the coordinator, Jay Bateman, and Dre Bly, a great corners coach and secondary coach. Um, with Bateman, I talked about this a couple years ago when he was hired. It's He was uh, kind of on the, the front edge of this positionless hybrid defense where players are, are cross-trained against different positions. And, you know, they, they might have just been saying that in 2019, but now we've seen it come to reality. You guys like Don Chapman, he started 11 games in safety last year, two years ago, uh, was moved to nickel this spring. So uh, they're moving guys around, they're cross-training. It's so much talent, it's just a matter of where you want to put them. A good problem to have. So I I really do think that this defense, another year of experience, another uh, full spring, a full summer and fall camp, 
Uh, and then that first half of the schedule being pretty manageable, all that extra game reps, I think it's a well-oiled machine by, uh, by October when the division and the conference are on the line. Well, the ultimate question that I think a lot of people have when it comes to your prediction of the Tar Heels in the playoff is why do you think that they are the team that can take down Clemson? Because you don't have Clemson in the playoff. You don't have Alabama in the playoff. But I think from a Tar Heel fan's perspective, they're more worried about what what makes this team better than Clemson this year. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of things with this. Foundational to my pick this year was that I have Georgia beating Clemson in the opener. I really love Georgia, what they have offensively. Now, historically, they always had the defense. I think finally with Todd Monken and his vertical pass game, they have the offense. Uh, they're gonna. I think they'll beat Clemson right away. So what that does is gives Clemson zero margin of error the rest of the way. They can't lose another game. Uh, meanwhile, we talked UNC schedule. Yeah, I think UNC can even afford a loss somewhere in there. Uh, they, they go 11-1 and in the regular season and show up in Charlotte uh, in, in, in December in that ACC title game. That's a win-and-in scenario. Win that game against Clemson, you're in. Now, how do you beat Clemson? So the last time we saw them uh, was in the playoff there against up-tempo offense that took vertical shots and had a physical run game in the middle and uh, and used a lot of hyper-tempo. And Ohio State gave them their worst loss ever uh, under Brent Venable. So what does that remind you of, though? That's exactly the the kinds of uh, elements of Phil Longo's offense. You know, air raid principles on the outsides, vertical, uh, you know, vertical shots when it's there. A punishing downhill attack in the middle, rushing attack, uh, and a Heisman candidate quarterback. So, you know, I think UNC has the firepower offensively to do it. They, you know, they have the blueprint now of how to beat a team like that. Um, defensively, they're starting to build depth. Like I said, they'll have 12 full games of experience by the time December rolls around. And, uh, you know, this is a kind of a hard measuring stick to pull off. But if you remember two years ago, they had, uh, they, they gave Clemson their hardest game of that 2019 season. Mm-hmm. Came down to a two point conversion. Um, I'm sure your listeners don't need a reminder, but you know, to anyone outside the UNC footprint listening, yeah, that was down to a two-point conversion away from knocking off Clemson. Yep. So think of that point in time. Uh, Clemson, you could say, is about the same. I mean, they're losing an all-time quarterback and an all-time running back. So think of UNC, the gains they made since that moment. A lot of those losses in year one and year two of Matt Brown were by one score. Uh, they start to reverse now as a veteran and blue-chip roster comes of age. Um and one last note that, that stands out, UNC really went toe-to-toe with two playoff caliber teams last year. They, they took Notre Dame, I think it was tied 17-17 at half, and uh, A&M, they, I think, were leading late in that game, or at least tied uh, in the fourth quarter of the Orange Bowl. And that was without a couple of uh, weapons there at, at receiver. But really the difference was the closing. You know, can they close out games? Because they, they matched them up well in the first half. I think what we, you were seeing there was still depth and youth uh, issues. But now a, a whole year advanced now into 2021, I think they're going to be able to go the distance all four quarters uh, with the same level of play and start to finish off these teams. So what I'm saying is if they were blown out 35 nothing in the first half, yeah, maybe they're not caliber yet of a playoff contender. But they showed the first two, three quarters of each of those uh, those games. They're right there. So uh, I really like what you have in UNC. I think it's an exciting time. Uh, to the followers you, you've seen on Twitter, I've been I've been high on UNC for a couple of years now. I just think that this is the the year they make that next step. Um, you know, it coincides with the changing of the guard at quarterback at Clemson. There's no guarantee that goes smoothly. Uh, changing of the guard at running back, and then that defense coming off uh, really reeling against Ohio State. So that's the uh, that's the UNC pitch this year. Even in general, on a higher level, I really think this is a sleeping giant program. I know that's probably overused amongst the UNC community, but yes. not much talked about on the national scale. 
uh, where I'm at. So I think it's a sleeping giant. You've locked down the recruiting pipeline in North Carolina. The demographics, uh, at least like recruiting wise, are shifting uh, with UNC rising up the grid of the top 100 and everything. Now the four stars and five star recruits. So everything's coming together, man. I really like what UNC's building as a program, their coordinators, their recruiting, and now their personnel becoming better. So uh, exciting time for the Target fans, I'm sure. I'm going to tell you, man, if I ever need a personal hype, man, I think you got to be my guy because I am just psyched for this upcoming season. I'm not going to lie. Just listening to you talk about what you think of this team and just in general. I mean, I know you're the guy that's the highest on them, but hearing a bunch of different national people talk about them in this light and then you putting them in the playoff, I think really just kind of peaks out the excitement. So, hey, man, uh, I I mean, look, guys, he is the most accurate. The numbers are there to prove it. Uh, at pick six previews on Twitter. Where can they check out your uh, official preview for the upcoming season? Yeah, so real quick what this is, it's just like the ones you see on newsstands, except it's digital. Uh, and it's also a one-man operation. It's just me. Uh, it's my 10th year doing it, 10th annual. Those first nine years I've been graded the most accurate Power 5 predictor in America, all beating all the ones on newsstands and all the ones online. Um, you know, it's a, a blend of my, my numbers. I'm an analytics guy as well, but you know, film study, calling coaches, calling coordinators, talking to local beat writers, really digging in, uh, putting it into a readable format uh, to get the storylines of these programs. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to get the 10th edition out there. It's pick6previews.com, at pick6previews on Twitter. And, uh, you know, to the UNC base, I want to give a nice discount code if interested. Just type in UNC, uh, easy enough to remember, UNC at checkout. Uh, to get a nice discount code and yeah I mean I'm I'm excited for you guys I'm kind of in there with you you know what when I pick a team like this it's a little bit against the green and uh, a little bit outside the the normal narrative obviously I take some shots on Twitter but you know what I'm rooting for you guys to prove me right and uh, and for your fans to have an all-time season Uh, regardless of wins and losses it'll just be special to get you guys back in the stadiums back at the tailgates and uh, you know returning to normalcy so uh, Anthony thanks again having me on Uh, really excited We'll, we'll be in touch during the season I'm sure Definitely. And, uh, good luck this fall. All right, man. Appreciate it. Glad that you're in our corner for this year. You're one of the best to have in there. And, uh, yeah, we're excited to get back to the stadium. Uh, it, it's going to be crazy. I mean, especially if this team is is on the trajectory that you're expecting, Keenan Stadium is going to be rocking throughout the season. So thanks for stopping by with us, man. Uh, Toriel fans, make sure you guys use that promo code, uh, that discount code, at pick6previews.com and check it out. Uh, thanks for stopping by. We'll definitely be talking throughout the season, man. And, uh, of course, next year around this same time, we'll definitely be having you on to preview the next season of Tar Heel Football. All right, buddy? Oh, for sure. I mean, I might get down to a game even uh, in October. We'll see then. Awesome. Uh, if not, I hope we're doing some victory cigars there uh, after an ACC title win. All right? There we go, man. Hit me up. We will definitely light those babies up. Appreciate it, Brett. Take care, man. All right. Good luck, guys. See ya. All right, so Brett Ciencia of Pick 6 Preview stopping by with us. Uh, one of our favorites to have on, man. He is just uh, he is a great dude, just rolls with the flow. Love having him on the show. And, uh, of course, I mean, this year we had to get him on. Uh, but we've had him on, you know, in previous years as well. Uh, he, he's a guy that's, you know, one of the main ones in the rotation. And uh, we really appreciate him stopping by with us and, and giving us a little bit of time. Make sure you guys do go and check that out. Uh, as I said, he is the most... Most accurate. Him and Phil Steele are right there neck and neck. He actually has a slight advantage over Phil. Uh, but those are the two guys that if you're really looking to get 
into the nitty-gritty of college football, not just Tar Heel football, but the nitty-gritty of college football, go get those two guides, and you'll be ready to go for college football season. So we appreciate both of those guys for stopping by. Tim Chapman as well, who stopped by with us. Uh, We're going to have Bill Bender on later on here uh, towards the start of the season uh, for the Tar Heels to get his prediction on what the Tar Heels will do this season, and then that'll wrap it up. That'll be our magazine, guys, for this year. Unfortunately, it does not look like we're going to be able to get Stephen Lassen of Athlon Sports on uh, during this time, but uh, this offseason is absolutely crazy. We have uh, Conference Realignment Edition of the podcast uh, that is up for you guys to check out. That's a few episodes back. Make sure you guys go back, check out uh, everything that we got going on in that one. Me and Josh talk about what Conference Realignment could look like for the ACC, how it affects Carolina, all the different things. You guys can check that out uh, in there. And then, of course, we've got all the uh, podcasts Pre or the position previews uh, on the podcast side of things this year. That's how we've been doing things. We've been breaking down the position groups and uh, going a little more in depth than we did in past years when we just did it sides of the football. Uh, we've had a little bit more time to do that this year, but uh, they the episodes are getting backed up just a little bit in terms of timing to try to get these out because everything has just been so crazy. So, uh, yeah, really, really appreciate uh, you guys that uh, have been sticking with us through all that. That. Uh, even the stuff on the website, we got the articles uh, that have been going up about the position previews. Uh, we've been, you know, trying to get as many of those out as quickly as we possibly can. But we've got a bunch of recruiting stuff that we're trying to juggle at the same time uh, as well, and and of course, still trying to juggle, uh, you know, the full time job and everything like that. So we really appreciate you guys hanging in there with us uh, and and you know, reading the articles, listening to the podcast, watching the videos editions of the podcast. And you've been able to check it out all at one place. And that is on the Facebook page. Make sure you guys like and follow the Facebook page. That will allow you to see all the articles, all the video editions of the podcast, all the audio editions of the podcast, and much more. You guys can check that out over on Facebook. Uh, Those video editions of the podcast have been a hit. You guys have loved those coming back, and we really appreciate that. Uh, They are going to continue throughout the season uh, and through fall camp, even fall camp. We're going to keep those going for you. Uh, Now that we've started those back up and we've got our studio, we are going to be rolling on those uh, going forward. Even once the season comes to an end, we are planning on still doing a majority of those podcasts on camera whenever we can get in there and do some of those. And you guys have been really supportive. So we thank you uh, for that. Uh, Again, check out the website, HeelToughBlog.com, for all the articles, recruiting stuff up there as well that you guys can check out over the next couple of weeks. And there's some articles up there right now, uh, you know, on all sorts of different prospects. We've the Tariels, uh, at the end of the month of July have a bunch of guys uh, that have committed. And then uh, the start of August, there will be some guys committing as they uh, get ready for the high school football season. Not sure how many scouting reports we're going to be able to do this year. Probably not as many as we've done in past years, but we will try to get some of those out to you. We know those are ones that you guys like to read. So we'll definitely try to get some up, but it probably won't be as extensive as in years past uh, and uh, we'll, we'll still have all the features during the season though game weeks will be the exact same game preview, game recap and then we'll have the uh, stock report and the trench report for you guys throughout the season so that wraps up for this edition of the podcast, want to thank Brett Ciencia of Pick 6 Previews for stopping by with us want to thank you guys for listening and as always 
Go Tar Heels!